from Local 12 Sports. It's the Skinny Podcast. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor with Chris Renkel. And it's presented by Blake, the attorney, Maislin. So looking forward to the season because it is here next Sunday. They're in Cleveland play, facing the Browns. They'll begin and end the season with the Browns, which I think the NFL's teeing up as those could be two teams fighting for playoffs. Yep. We'll get to that much later. But overall training camp, uh, you and I were out there pretty much every day. What were your overall takeaways from training camp? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Joe Burrow injury obviously superseded everything. But once you kind of got past that a little bit, then you got a chance to see what some of the other guys were. I, I thought the young guys were really good. I thought the rookies really stood out. You know, not every team has all of its rookies make it. Now, some of this is probably a little financial, too, because of what you're going to eventually have to pay some of these guys. But DJ Ivy really worked his way onto this team. I, I didn't think he had a chance to make it. I thought he was a perfect practice squad guy, late-round guy. They had Alan George on the roster. He beat him out. You know, the depth on that defensive line. I mean, they, they really had to cut some good players. They brought a couple back to the practice squad, which is a good thing. Obviously, the backup quarterback situation kind of worked itself out. But overall, you, you could see this was a really athletic team. But we also didn't see a whole lot. I mean, ones versus ones on another team. It was just that Green Bay Packers practice. That's all we really saw other than that series for the defense in Atlanta. So it's sometimes hard to tell some of those things, but it's a really good team. I think what we're really going to see out of this team going forward because of they've been so fortunate to land a guy like Burrow, to land a guy like Jamar, land a guy like T is Duke Tobin's going to earn his keep over the next couple of years because you're going to have to rely on a lot of those rookies that you find in the mid to late rounds to really be factors on your team because, like you said, they're going to be really good guys on this team that they just can't afford to keep around, and that's where a good general manager earns his money. Yeah, I know people can say, well, you can go out on the street and maybe get a free agent. You can, and those guys are just more expensive than the rookie contracts. Part of the, the beauty of this game right now, this league right now, is having guys on rookie deals. And listen, you don't always hit on your draft picks. You're hoping to hit on certainly your first-round guy, your second-round guy. Well, you sure hope the third-round guy. Anything other than that is gravy. Um, you know, this draft, you got Charlie Jones as potentially a future slot receiver as early as next year. Andre Yoshibosh, you know, we were out there. We asked Brian Callahan, are you surprised? And he said, yeah, a little bit. But, you know, once you see him play, you, you don't make the connection that this is a guy from the Ivy League that was a track athlete. He really looks the part of receiver. I mentioned DJ Ivy. I mean, Brad Robbins was a, was a six-round pick made it as the punter so all of these guys um, have real potential this wasn't just like hey we got a bunch of slots open because we don't have a very good roster this was a good roster that these kids made let's start with the running back position because that was one of the ones that we were looking at through this uh, training camp not at the starter obviously Joe Mixon right. is going to be the starter though we are waiting to hear if the NFL is going to hand down any kind of suspension or discipline for him but that number two running back spot it was Travion Williams to beat then he got hurt then it was Chase Brown. Well, maybe he can step up. Uh, he flashed a little bit, but wasn't consistent. And you could say the same for Chris Evans, who might have been on his last leg as making the roster. He eventually did make the roster, but where do you think that group is heading in? Yeah, that third down back, backup back, if you will, was a line of questioning for both Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan on Thursday when we got a chance to talk to those guys. Um, I, I, and based on what Zach had said a couple of days prior to that, um, it really seems like they're trying to get Travion back into the mix. And I think to your point I think he was the guy they were hoping would step up and be it because he, he, he he's a willing blocker they like his running ability um, you know we haven't seen him much as a pass catcher we haven't really seen him much period but when he's played and run the ball he's run it well 
you know, Brown's had his moments uh, in pass blocking that he struggled in. That's not Chris Evans' forte, though Chris has tried really hard to ramp himself up that way. But it really feels like now that they feel like they've got enough time starting next week with the full week of preparation for Cleveland to ramp Travion up into that role. I'm going to guess he's going to get first crack at that, and then it'll go from there. I do think there's a role on this team for Chris Evans and or Chase Brown um, on game day. I, I think they'll get some touches that normally a third back doesn't get. But I think if Travion can go out and show it, he's the, he's the backup third down back. Really interesting signing, I think, that they had for the practice squad. Yeah. They pick up Demetric Felt. Not just that he just got cut from the Browns, who's their week one opponent. So maybe a little game There's always there. some of that, but yes. But he fits a specific role as he's a good receiving yes. back. He's a good running back. Now, Cleveland has a couple good running backs. So it was one of those, well, somebody's got to be the Correct. odd man out. And he's not going to take over for Nick Chubb. So do you think that signing was kind of a sign of we need to have an insurance policy yes. just in case he fits the role we have. We're going to give the other guys first crack. Yeah, the other part, too, is he's, he's returned punts before, too. Right. So if Charlie Jones struggles in that role as the punt returner, um, this guy has done it. So, yeah, I do to your and to the, to the other part of it, they didn't have a running back on the practice squad. You needed another body, too, and this seemed to fit check just about every box, including maybe that first game Cleveland box as well. All right, the offensive line is something that for once we go through a training camp and we don't have a ton of questions about the starting offensive right. line. The depth was something that we saw in those preseason games that – it got a little leaky. There's maybe not as much quality depth, and that's been something that's plagued the Bengals, honestly, for the last two playoffs. But overall, I think a big step forward, Orlando Brown Jr. out there, and really Jonah Williams, I was curious what his buy-in was going to be with Lyle Collins yeah. out, switching from left to right. We know he asked for a trade. The Bengals didn't grant it. Uh, he seems to be in a good place with it, and, and the line seems to be pretty consistent. Yeah, it did. Um, you know, We didn't get a chance again to see them in any preseason games. Right. Jonah did get some reps in one of those games, and, and, and for all intents and purposes, did quite well. Um, seemed to do okay in that one-on-one that -on -one battle with, with Green Bay. Yeah, I, I think any team in this league, league has shaky depth at offensive line, but you do have an insurance policy possible that you hope you don't have to cash in. It's an expensive one in Lyle Collins. Going to miss the first four weeks on the pup list, maybe a little bit longer, but at the point of where, be, where injuries start to stack up and or for whatever reason, if Jonas struggles, you've got a guy who started games in this league and a lot of games in this league um, and has blocked at a high level. Now, he didn't have a great year last year, but he still was a starter on a really good football team, and that still speaks volumes to me. So uh, that's an insurance policy that's going to be interesting to watch itself play out. Maybe you'll never have to, but it's probably unrealistic to think that these guys are going to start all 17 games together, right? On the defensive side of the ball, I think the biggest question of this team was that safety position, the defensive backs. Cheeto Awuzie coming off an ACL. He eventually was back out there, so we think he's going to be good. good to go. Looks good for week one. Cam Taylor-Britt forced into a starting role late last year. Uh, was wondering what he was, could be in year two. I think even though Jamar Chase abused him some days out there, I think that helped him a lot. I, and I think he's in a better place. And then the safeties, you lose Jesse Bates, you lose Von Bell, two leaders, two really good players on the back end, and the young guys stepping in. It seems like they're in a good place, but they're going to have to sink or swim pretty good because this Cleveland passing attack looks like it's going to be pretty formidable. Yeah, and again, I mean, they, they, they got the one series against Atlanta. Dax, Dax Hill got a series against Green Bay, but Dax Hill and Nick Scott, the two starting safeties together, got just that one series. Now, Dax did have a great play in that Green Bay game he in did. the opener. He ranged from center field, knocked the pass away that um, D.J. Turner, who was starting that night, got beat by a, a, a starting wide receiver. So it was a nice rep for everybody involved. Um, you know, so far, you hear no complaints about what those guys have done. Their communication is really good. The one thing we haven't seen is the whole tackling con 
contact other than that that first series. So I think it still is a question mark, but I think it's it's not as big of one of oh my gosh, it's a real real hole at that position. Uh, I think that th those guys are going to be just fine, especially because the other nine in front of them are all starters. They've all started for this team. They've all started together for goodness sakes. You really like a training camp going into a season when what are we talking about right now? <laughs> Depth pieces, Back maybe a safety, yes. backup quarterbacks. And then the punter. We yes. got to talk about Brad Robbins. He beats out Drew Chrisman. I don't know if there was much of a competition there because you just drafted Robbins. Right. Darren Simmons seemed to really like Robbins on draft day. Uh, and then Crispin got hurt with the illness or whatever it was at the beginning of the year. So uh, Robbins in the stash. He's your punter. And he's a character, man. He's, 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 he, I, he looks the part. Talking to him, he's interesting to talk to. I, I always enjoy that. But, yeah, I, I think to your point, I think it was his job to clearly lose when they drafted him. They wanted a guy with better hang time. They wanted a guy who could directional punt. He does all those things. You had to see it. They saw it. I think the one practice where it was a heavy special teams practice, I think he had 15 straight punts. He had one bad one, but everything else was a rocket to a spot that they wanted to go to. Drew actually punted well. He, he, he had one-tenth of a yard less average. He had a better, actually, net average. He didn't have as many punts, but I think it was Robbins to lose, and he never went and lost it. All right, before we wrap up, I feel like there's a position and a guy wearing number nine we haven't talked about yet. I don't know him. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> Did he make the team? Is yeah. he out there? Yeah. Yeah, Joe Burrow. He's still on this team. He's still out there. We saw him return this past week. I think he's going to be fine. You think he's going to be fine? I do. I mean, barring some kind of crazy setback, and, and, you know, we saw him out there both days. We didn't see him in the team. He didn't do anything team session-wise. That's the next step, and that's, I think, the big step for him to take is to get 11-on-11s, maybe have a little live rush around him just to feel some of that. You're not going to touch him. You're not going to hit him, but he needs to feel that and have to move around a little bit to test it. But, yeah, I mean, if, if you didn't know he hurt a calf and you watched him these last two days, we watched him in that Green Bay preview, I mean, it, it was it, he looks perfect. He looks 100%. And all reports are he looks great too. I'm going to knock on wood because he had a press conference that said, I feel great. I feel like I'm going to play the whole preseason. Then he got hurt the next day. For Chris Reichel, I'm Richard Skinner. It's been the Skinny Podcast presented by Blake, the attorney, Maislin.